Are you out there doing your best to get on with life? Because, as you already know, it's what you make of your life that really counts. And sometimes having a few shortcuts to help you on your way can be very useful. The NLP Matters podcast might just be the toolbox you need to focus your attention, your effort, your drive onto what really does make the difference. Built on the foundation of neuro-linguistic programming, the NLP Matters podcast offers proven recipes you can use to create and sustain your life your way. G'day and welcome to the NLP Matters podcast. I'm your host, Joe Clark. In our previous episode, number 23, we introduced the NLP technique called the well-formedness conditions, which adds the final layer to the journey of building our successful life by ensuring our goals are robust and ready to go. When we apply the well-formedness conditions to our goal, we're doing our final check to confirm both the absolute alignment and resilience of our goals. This week, we take a deeper dive into the first two of these conditions, stating our goal in the positive and having the goal self-initiated and self-maintained. The theme of this NLP Matters podcast series is to support us in working our way through the process of really building the life we want to have, our own version of a successful life. And as we work through this process layer by layer, we gain even more clarity on what it is we actually do want to have. When we've used the first of the five success principles, knowing our outcome, as well as the keys to an achievable outcome, we get an even greater understanding of what needs to be done, the targeted actions to achieve the outcome. And we also get a greater understanding of who we need to be to deliver on these actions to get those results. The next step is making sure that we believe both consciously and unconsciously that our desired outcome is totally achievable because we don't want to invest all this effort and time only to set ourselves up to fail, do we? This is where the well-formedness conditions add so much more value. When used together with the five success principles and keys to an achievable outcome, this final check confirms that all the work we've already done planning and preparing for our success is not only possible, but even more than that, it is also totally doable. The foundation of building our success is built on this belief, and it's not only our conscious thinking and mind that must be on board, Because the more congruent our belief, consciously and unconsciously, that yes, we can do this, the easier it is for us to successfully achieve our quest. Just think about it. Our unconscious mind is in charge of our attention. It brings our attention to things in the external world that seem important. Like if someone you know, or maybe even you, is going to have a baby, then suddenly you seem to notice all the pregnant women. Or if you're looking for a new car, as soon as you choose the type or the color of the car you want, suddenly you see that type of car or that color car all the time. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden everyone is getting the same car. 
Rather, it is that now our unconscious mind is focusing our attention onto something that we've decided is important to us. And the really cool thing is that this sudden shift in focus takes no extra work, concentration or effort at all. It is just how our unconscious mind works to serve us. There are some other things that are useful to know about how the unconscious mind works because it functions in a totally different way than our conscious mind. It's generally accepted that our unconscious mind thinks in symbols or pictures rather than words. And it's not logical. It's the domain of emotions and it has the very important job of keeping us safe. The only challenge with this is that sometimes keeping us safe is generalised to mean don't let anything change, which can be a problem if we have a goal or an outcome we want that requires us to make changes. Fortunately, the well-formedness conditions are well designed to get our unconscious mind on board with our desired outcomes, which is really why we do want to master these steps. So let's begin. The first step is to state the goal in positive terms. By now, this step should be sounding pretty familiar to you. And here we get to do our final confirmation that the goal really is stated in positive terms. This is critical to the success of our goal because the alternative approach puts our focus on what we don't want rather than what we do want. Remember, because our unconscious mind is in charge of our attention, we want to draw its attention onto what we do want to have instead of what we don't want. In this way, we can convince our unconscious mind that even though our goal might involve some change, it is desired change. We want to see our goal kind of like we're a five or six-year-old and seeing a really pleasurable experience, like getting to have our favorite ice cream or reading a favorite book or watching a favourite show, or playing a great game with our best friend. We want our unconscious mind to perceive our goal with joy and anticipation. We want it to go, woohoo, this is cool, I really want that. Now the second step, which if you've worked through the earlier podcast will also sound familiar to you, is confirming that the goal is self-initiated and self-maintained. This is important because if the outcome or goal isn't our outcome or goal, that is if we're doing it for someone else, or if it's a test to prove our worthiness, then again our unconscious mind just won't want to get on board. Remember, our conscious mind is there to protect our identity and to help us get what we want. It's not there to prove anything or get approval from others. So if the outcome isn't truly ours, and we're not fired up by what we'll get when we have it, then we simply won't be motivated to achieve the outcome. Similar to any, you know, five or six-year-old, our unconscious mind wants to know what's really in it for me. Okay, so let's look more closely at how these two steps, stating the goal in the positive and having the goal self-initiated and self-maintained work. You may remember me in a previous episode telling you don't think of a pink elephant. And bingo, straight away, an image of a pink elephant pops into your mind. This is exactly why it's so important to eliminate negative words from our goals. If our focus is on what we do want and our goal is stated in the positive, 
then our unconscious mind can focus our attention on that rather than on the pink elephants that we don't want. As a coach, I know many clients are absolutely experts at identifying what they don't want. When I ask them, what do you want to achieve? Their goals sound like, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to be poor because I'm sick of having no money. I don't want to be sick all the time. I don't want to be on my own anymore. Notice that each of these responses is not answering the question I asked. I didn't ask them, what don't you want? And yet, that is where their attention went. Now, there's lots of reasons why we might go to the negative first, but regardless of the reasons, one thing we do know for certain is that is what we'll get, what we focus on. When our focus is on what we don't want, then that is exactly what we'll keep getting. Because just like when you were looking for that new car and your unconscious mind was out there following your instructions and looking for what matters most, and if you have said, I don't want to be poor, then your unconscious mind is busily looking for opportunities for you to be exactly that, poor. The unconscious mind hasn't noticed the not part in the sentence, just like it didn't when we said, don't think of a pink elephant. Think of our focus as being like shining a torch in a darkened room. We can only focus where the light hits the wall. All the rest of the room is in darkness, so we don't have access to it. If our torch is shining on losing my job, it literally can't focus on anything else, like maintaining my job or getting a promotion or getting a new job in another company, maybe with more pay. If my light and my focus is on being on my own, it can't be on being the kind of person who attracts others into their life. So the trick is to shine our torch where we want our focus to be. Fortunately, it's easy to move the torch. All we need to do is give our unconscious mind clear instructions on what we do want, because then we really do bring all our resources into alignment, both conscious and unconscious, to support us in the pursuit of our goals. I think you can probably now see why stating your goal in the positive is critical to making your goal achievable. The next trap we can fall into when writing our goals is to write them in comparison to where we are now. For example, I want to lose weight, I want a better job, I want more money, I want to be healthier, I want to get fitter. All these statements have a hidden assumption in them. And that is compared to now. I want to lose weight compared to now. I want a better job than I have now and so on. If we actually reference the present into our goal in a comparative way, it means we're focused on what we have now. And every time we move away from what we have now, because our focus is back on what we did have when we were here, That's what's drawing our attention. So again, the risk is that this constant focus draws us right back to where we started from. Because, as you know, we'll get what we focus on. So let's play with this a bit more and take a goal and have a go at reframing it so it's stated in the positive. Say, for example, someone comes to you who has an IT services business and says, I'm really struggling in my business at the moment. I went into this business because I'm good at what I do, 
but I can't seem to be able to drum up enough clients. When people hire me, they tell me how good I am, but I need to get better at selling. I want to be better at sales. Now, there's a lot in this statement that's very revealing. Firstly, words like, I'm struggling, I can't seem to, and enough, tell us that they've got a really negative view of where they are at the moment. There is a positive recognition of what they're good at, IT, which is twice then negated because it's followed up by the word but. This person also uses what's known as necessity language, like need to, which can feel quite heavy, especially when it's in such a negative sentence. They've also fallen into the trap of talking about their goals in comparison to where they are now. That is, they want to get better at sales, which, as we know, has us focus on the present situation rather than how we want it to be in the future which means we focus more on the struggling for clients bit. And consequently, that's exactly what we get more of. If we consider this goal from the perspective of the unconscious mind, I think we can agree that there's not much to get excited about, which means the resistance to making the changes needed so that we'll achieve success is way higher. So how could we go about reframing this goal? Well, for a start, we want to take the negative words out of the goal. One way to do this is to describe where the business is at right now in fairly neutral terms. Like, in the 2019-20 financial year, my business generated X amount of dollars worth of sales. This approach just describes what is so, without the critical judgment frame being used to beat myself up about what it did do or what it didn't do. We would definitely want to continue acknowledging that the customers I do have love me. And then we could expand on this by adding something like, my goal for the 2021 year is turning my fan base into marketing, sales and goal. And finally, we're going to frame our goal with reference to the outcome, where we want to be and how we want it to be instead so that our unconscious mind gets to focus on that. So my goal could now sound something like this. It's on or before Wednesday, the 30th of June, 2021. And as I sit in front of my computer screen, looking at the profit and loss statement for my business, I can see that since setting my goal last August, I have transformed my IT business results and my business is now a market leader in my area. Sales have increased on the financial year basis by 75% because my clients are my raving fans. They're also now my peak performance marketing and sales team as they spread the word that my technical skills in IT and my awesome customer service are the difference that has made the difference to their successes. Now contrast the first version of the goal focused on struggle and not drumming up enough sales With the second version, 75% growth, raving friends spreading the word because they want to grow the success of their friends and colleagues by sharing me, my skills, my capabilities with them. If we reflect on how each of these versions feels, which is lighter and more attractive? 
perhaps even more aligned with the ultimate purpose of starting your own business. Obviously, wanting to add value to others and working with clients who also want to add value to their circle of contacts is way more attractive than struggling and doing it tough, especially to our unconscious mind. Okay, now for the next step, self-initiated and self-maintained. Let's take a closer look at how this could show up in the IT business example we've been talking about. When a goal is self-initiated, it's something we can commence. It doesn't rely on someone else to begin it for us. And it's important we're also committed to the goal. It's not something we're doing for someone else. A self-maintained goal adds to this theme of self-determination because it means that the achievement of the outcome is in the sphere of our own control. It's not something we're reliant on someone else for. So let's take the goal of the IT guy. Let's call him Bill. Now let's say that Bill has a business partner, Janet. Now Janet actually isn't very good at IT. She is not a technical expert like Bill. That's not why she got involved in the business. But she has a history of running successful businesses in the past. This is her superpower. Janet chose to join Bill in the business because she identified a real gap in the local market for an IT business with great service and highly skilled technicians. She is certain that this need exists in the community based on her market research and analysis. And for her, it's a no-brainer for local businesses to buy services and support from another local business that delivers reliable, consistent, high-quality IT support. Janet has developed what Bill sees as ambitious sales targets for the next one to three years based on her extensive market analysis and networking knowledge of the local area. So it kind of turns out that the sales goal is really Janet's goal and not Bill's goal. Now, Bill obviously recognises that the business must make sales to be successful, but his superpower is in the technical side of the business and he does, doesn't really want to leave the customers waiting for services whilst he's out and about or on the phone putting a lot of time and effort into sales. Whilst Bill, as a business owner, knows he should master sales, unconsciously, he really wishes Janet would just take care of that side of things so he could concentrate on using his superpowers, doing what he loves best, delivering great service. So now we can see why this business has a problem. Here we have two business partners who on the surface would say they have exactly the same goal for the business. But in reality, one of them isn't really committed to delivering the sales results. If they had both worked through the well-formedness conditions, they would have discovered this was going to be a problem. And the great gift in being aware of an issue is that then we can get really curious about it and explore how we could, perhaps, maybe, solve it. If, however, we make the mistake of doing the positive thinking thing and pretend all is okay, then certainly in the case of Bill and Janet's IT business, there'll be big troubles ahead. Whereas, if Janet and Bill had worked through the well-formedness conditions and discovered that the sales goal was in fact Janet's goal, 
whilst Bill's focus was on providing the awesome product for sale, they could have agreed that they would each play to their own superpowers in pursuit of an even higher goal, perhaps an overall income or profit goal for the business. This would mean that they shared the ultimate goal, and within that context, each of them had their unique goals and targets to deliver on. For many people, this approach is a win-win. But remember, this division of labour only makes sense within the context of having a shared, higher purpose goal, such as generating the targeted profit for the business. Alternatively, Bill might have decided that his goal really was to build his skills and mastery of sales. His strategy could then be to recruit a team of technicians to replace himself in the service area so he could focus his attention on working on the business. Or Janet and Bill might decide that their business goals are incompatible and amicably dissolve their business relationship. Any of these scenarios are way better than having Bill unconsciously sabotage the sales strategy of the business and create the inevitable conflicts between himself and Janet that would then occur. And no matter which path Bill and Janet choose, they also need to confirm that the goal is self-maintained. This means each of them has the capacity to control the means to achieve the outcome. Let's assume that they have totally taken on board their sales goal as a joint business goal. Now remember when we first reframed the sales goal and said the business clients are raving fans and they're also now the peak performance marketing and sales team for the business. You might be beginning to wonder how could this be self-maintained? At first glance, it does seem to be a challenge. But we know that being aware of challenges and obstacles gives us the opportunity to be curious and explore potential solutions. So in this case, where it looks like they're relying on their clients to be doing their marketing and potentially their sales, maybe Janet, with her business superpowers, could suggest that they set up an affiliate marketing scheme where clients who refer new businesses to them are rewarded. It could be a commission or some new gadget or credits towards the next support request or even a donation to the client's favourite charity or whatever is of value to their clients. And Bill, with his technical superpowers, could build the system into an online referral portal that automatically tracked and paid out the rewards. So together they've built a business model that makes the goal of growing sales through a referral pipeline something they can maintain, measure and adjust to achieve the business sales goal of 75% year-on-year growth on or before the 30th of June 2021. Now Janet knows, and so does Bill, because he's gone and done the sales training that Janet recommended, (laughs) that when they've established the marketing strategy, such as the referral pipeline, it will produce so many leads they then need to close the sales. So they need to make a certain number of phone calls and they need to structure their sales scripts and have in place the follow-up systems that ultimately will translate into the required number of products and services being sold to produce the dollar value that equals 75% growth. Both Janet and Bill can maintain their goal. They can increase calls, tweak the sales pipeline, find new ways to generate leads and follow up to close the sales. 
these actions are all within their own control. And yes, there might be a downturn in the economy, just think COVID. And yes, there might be other competitors in the market. So there are variables that may mean the plan needs to be reviewed and adjustments need to be made. Janet and Bill will use their sensory acuity and behavioural flexibility to adjust their behaviour so they're even more geared to achieving their goal. Doing more of one type of action and less of another, increasing calls, finding new ways to generate leads and close sales, all are actions they have control over. Because what we're talking about here is following the well-known and well-used NLP practices that time and time again have produced successful results. As we plan our goals, using each of the NLP tools we've talked about through this series of NLP Matters podcasts, we gain deeper and deeper insight into how being aware, digging up any objections and the problems and the issues that could derail us as we pursue success, by doing that, we create the potential for us to deal with these issues and clear the path. And when we ultimately do commit to our goals, we've built such great internal resilience and we've learned how to problem solve obstacles and we are truly committed to being who we need to be, doing what needs to be done so that we get to have what we originally set out to achieve. Applying the well-formedness conditions to build that resilience into our goal means that we can be certain that our outcome, our goal, is so robust and sticky that we can really become unstoppable. Join me in the next episode when we go into depth with the third of the well-formedness conditions, expressing our goal using specific sensory-based descriptions. And we want to do that final check on our goal. These techniques continue the work we've done so far on how to build a truly successful life and as we follow through with our final check on the structure and formation of our goals, stay awesome and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. Wow, thanks for showing up and listening in. We would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts, ideas or questions via email to joanne at destinypursuit.com.au. Now it's time to take today's recipe out into your own life. Notice the differences that show up as you apply it. We'd love to hear how you are progressing with your new approach.